listening to Driven Radio Show, your home for car talk covering the latest news to the greatest views on the biggest names in performance, sports, and just plain cool driving machines. Let's rev up the conversation. Time for Driven Radio Show. Hey, car fans. Welcome to Driven Radio, your weekly automotive happy hour. I am Brett Hatfield here with our engineer and co-host, Mr. Mark Groves. Yo! And the mad mind behind Craving Cars on YouTube, Mr. Corey Pratt. Hey! We are coming to you from Driven Radio Studios in beautiful Overland Park, Kansas. And yes, it has been a little bit cooler. Yes. And it has been a lot more beautiful. Yes. You don't walk outside and think, hmm, barbecue, and I'm on it. In the news, we get a peek at the new Corvette E-Ray. Hello. The Myers-Manx gives us a charge, and can there be too much of a good thing in Monterey? Hmm. Our special guest this week is muscle car expert and lead TV commentator for Meekum Auctions, Mr. John Craman. John Craman! John will be here to discuss Meekum's summer auction results, what Meekum has in store for Monterey Car Week, and his thoughts on the new Corvette Z06. I understand (laughs) he has some. You think? we got lots of news to cover this week, so... So let's get to it. From Motor Trend, the 2023 Chevrolet Corvette E-Ray will be chocked full of vet firsts. You know, I don't have to pay Motor Trend. No. That's crap. I actually oh my do. Goodness. Oh, you do? <laughs> oh, oh, suck. Well, I pay Same. Mo- I Man, pay we were mo- really like crazy. I pay Motor Trend so I can watch Roadkill. You know what that is? That there is a car tax. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, what the hell? It's something, right? Yes. It's electrification coming to America's sports cars. That's what that is. Nuh-uh. It is, really. Nuh-uh. Uh, but first, though, uh, Baby Steps will be powered all four wheels, courtesy of a hybridization and an electric motor powering each front wheel. Did you hear, Corey? He just said a, a seven-syllable word. <laughs> he practiced. Is it seven? <laughs> I, I counted nine. That was nice. It was awesome. I think it's at least five. Eh, it's whatever. So uh, f- uh, back wheels done through the drivetrain, front wheels, electric. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's yep. my understanding. I wonder if the, That's the, my understanding as well. Well, the front – how do they sync those? And I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I'm actually really Absolutely. curious interrupt because you you've got, uh, you know – uh, a thing spinning for the for the back tires, and but the front are two different motors. You always got to wonder. Sink them? Yeah, you always got to wonder how they talk to each other. They don't sink them at all. They just turn everything on and crank as hard as you yeah. can. Yeah, you, you know, go. if that front end's pulling harder, the car might be longer when you get where you're going. I suppose it would. I guess I well, don't. Well, they're know. made out of plastic, right? So it stretches. However, though, when it's hot, <laughs> in April of uh, 2022, GM confirmed an all electric. Altium-based Corvette E-Ray is also in the works outside of just the uh, the hybrid version. What's Altium? Altium. I'm no, kidding. seriously, I don't know. No, it's GM's. Okay. Uh, it's their trade name for their batteries, and they're supposed oh. to be. Yeah, the Altium They're supposed batteries. to be super, the battery modules. Super bad boy batteries. So no other battery looks like it or burn it burns out like it. It's nothing else. Altium. <laughs> yeah, you pull the hood up, and there's that rabbit in there. <laughs> Candy apple red rabbit. Yeah, shiny chrome eyes. Candy well, apple rabbit. Corvettes have long uh, been regarded as the most <laughs> daily drivable of hybrid, or not. I'm sorry, not hybrid of high performance sports cars. So adding a hybrid all-wheel drive variant with prices and performance in between, let's say a base Z51 and a Z06. Uh, kind of extends its general usability by improving traction in uh, in really all weather. I'm not mad about. Drive. I'm not mad about this. The, the idea of suck. having an all-wheel drive Corvette. It's still going to sound good. Because yeah, you got the engine still. And take it from a guy who's gotten caught in rain and snow in Corvettes that didn't have traction control mm. and were two-wheel drive. I got caught in a snowstorm once in the red Corvette. 
Was it top down? Mm, it, it was when I... When you started? When I started. <laughs> it's got a pretty good heater. Just throw on a jacket. Quit being a puss. Oops, uh, it's got a heater uh, courtesy by North Face. Yeah, no kidding. I wound up putting the top up, and I was trying to tiptoe home, and the snow accumulated a little bit. It'll change your thoughts on religion, Jack. It's just, it's a puckering moment. You know, I thought about getting an uh, Audi uh, TT, because uh-huh. I just love the way they looked. Yep. I wanted a convertible and the used Baseball ones. Club, love if it. you if you jump on them fast, they're pretty reasonably priced, and they're all wheel drive, right? Yeah. But then I read all these reviews, Jeez. and everybody said, "Yeah, it's all wheel drive, but it's still an ice skate." Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh, damn it! I guess because it sits so low, it sucks in snow." Maybe they typically don't put those kind of tires on them. Maybe they're summer tires, so it doesn't really matter all wheel drive or not. Your winter's going to be screwed. I have no idea. So yeah, I, I, I bought that Nissan. Okay. Yeah. The Jeep CJs I had were so light that they were kind of squirrely in snow. Uh, Yeah. I don't know about Wranglers, but the old CJ7s and CJ5s, they were were a handful. You had to pay attention to what you were doing. I definitely know the difference between, let's say, a 4x4 pickup. You got it in four-wheel drive uh, compared to my Wrangler, which is a 2000 TJ. Yeah. Uh, The TJ will kind of shimmy. It will always get through it. Yeah, but it kind of has a little bit of a swag, a little swervy yeah. to it, because it just kind of follows wherever the softer parts are, so where the truck just plows right through it. <laughs> it's it's a dog that's wagging its tail too hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it makes it more fun that way. Oh, yeah, it does, or it might take years off your life. Yeah, it's possible, too. Uh, plug-in hybridization is planned from the start with the Ultium battery module-shaped space reserved in the C8 center tunnel. So the ones that thought maybe it was room that's for a manual, it's probably more designed to put batteries in it instead oh that's interesting two big old double a cells yeah see i thought they were just going to stick <laughs> them in the, two, in the frunk and then you were going to lose the frunk and you would just be out but yeah, no, no that sounds pretty uh, cool the first hybrid model may or may not be plug-in as from the spy shots of the car they didn't see any uh, charging ports yeah uh, or doors or anything like that but the 2023 corvette hybrid might retain its 6.2 liter v8 yay mm-hmm. yes with uh, some inboard motors, adding at least maybe 50 horsepower to each side. So you're maybe looking close to about 600-plus horsepower hybrid Corvette. All-wheel drive, those motors will uh, uh, hopefully uh, not eliminate the trunk space because then you're kind of losing the, uh, the drive of well, that dealability. It still has the rear trunk. They say you can stick two golf, golf bags in, so that's pretty fair size. Yeah, bend the it, golf I clubs that, in half. That, actually, you're right. The back by itself, it's still bigger than most of those kind of sports cars. Anyway, admitted yeah, sports cars. It is, it is, and 600 horsepower and potentially all-wheel drive. Imagine that thing coming out of the hole. Okay. I'm pretty good. That's so, so presuming light hybridization, uh, the price... I'm assuming we'll undercut the Z06 because that makes sense. Yeah. Right. So we're maybe figuring starting around ninety thousand dollars range. What do you think? Well, compared to the uh, what we talked about, what was it last week or week before last? When they're you know your base model's at a buck six and it just goes up from well, there. Well, yeah. If you, good. if you stuff it full of everything, it's a buck sixty. But and that's a ton of money for a Corvette. That's not yeah. old it's, restored. You know. But the 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 other point in the conversation that we keep having about this is. Compare it to something else. What else in, in a mid-engine, high-performance, nothing else comes close to that. That's still really not, not cheap yeah, no. for what you're, yeah. what you're shopping against. This, so. this would be similar to what, like one of the Audi R8s, because all-wheel drive, well, they do have a wheel drive version actually, but the all-wheel drive version with the 600, 610 horsepower V10, which puts it around that, but it's also 160 plus. 
Yeah. Oh, Jesus. So it's I, about I, 160, I think, ish. My my dream right now. Typically, still, it's going to be over 200. C8 Stingray Elkhart Lake Blue, natural <laughs> dipped interior, low or no rear wing, and I want all the black parts on the outside. You know, the strakes for the intake and all that. I want that all painted body color. I want it to be really subtle. That'd be cool. But yeah, I want another blue Corvette. Yeah. Well, who doesn't? Blue Corvette. But like what we were just talking about with the Z06 starting at 106. Remember how they they made the big deal when the C8 first was coming out hey you can get it for under 60 no, no you can't no, no you can't. not a single one is sold as base price not a single wait, six wait, was sold at wait. as base price i saw two last week under 60 and new though one had been wrecked in the front and one had been wrecked in the back so you say, can, that don't count yeah you, you buy them <laughs> both and wall them together so you got a whole if car. this were to start somewhere <laughs> in the ninety thousand dollar range you'll probably still won't see one under 100 i bet well again and i this is if this is what it's gonna this go is for. my new least favorite phrase supply chain issues oh shut up but it's what the market will what, bear that's why you still can't you get. see what a bag of chips goes for nowadays yeah it's it's <laughs> a three dollar uh three dollars and 29 cent bag of chips goes for 6.99 now oh bull i'm not kidding you i went to the grocery store just two days ago and i was gonna buy a bag of chips and it was seven dollars for a regular size bag of chips plus you know when you open three, that sucker the top half of it is air yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. By the time you open it, it's already half gone. Well, that's that's why you're making fifteen to twenty bucks for minimum, is so that you can buy a seven dollar bag Screw of it. chips. I got Damn I, it, Jim! I'm, I'm gonna have to buy. <laughs> the, win for I gotta losing. buy the base Corvette. I can't go Z06 because I'm gonna buy some chips. I got, <laughs> I, I got one of those little fry daddies. I'm making my own chips. You're correct. dang right. We're Absolutely. gonna go old school. Right. Time to make it myself. <laughs> right. Some gun. From Car and Driver in the April, uh, the Myers Banks 2.0 electric brings iconic dune buggy into the modern age. That's right, kids. You can go get a Myers Manx dune buggy. In Car and Driver's April 1967 issue, the original Myers Manx was on the cover front and center. The road test proclaimed it to be all things to all men. The only thing they could all agree on, they said, was that the Myers-Manx was more soul-freeing, leaping, bounding, uninhibited fun than anything else they've had, we'd ever driven on or off-road. 55 years later, the beloved dune buggy aspires to be all that and more. Announced just Monday evening, the Myers-Manx 2.0 electric brings all the adventurous off-road fun of the original just powered by a battery battery now i wonder if you take it out to the surf if you hooked up a cup you know go over to uh uh oh what's the the cheap tool place oh uh harbor, harbor freight. freight yeah go to harbor freight pick you up a couple of those uh um sun powered battery rechargers oh, yeah, so, 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 solar rechargers so power this thing you go out do your little dune buggy thing on the beach then pop those bad mark's boys gonna out. get one of these suckers and make it top heavy because he's gonna strap 14 of those solar rechargers to it you're damn right and I, then, I, I will and drive cross country and then, yeah. he, then he's gonna go cruises myers manx electric for the endless summer uh you look at me i'm still rolling <laughs> okay <laughs> those are craggers you're damn right don't <laughs> Don't hate me, uh, but I don't count this as the same thing as a road-going car, per se, because this is just a, a for fun, whatever. I put this in the same category just above, like, a golf cart. I want one. 
No, so cool. it's it's a road going car, dude. I get that. I know it's road legal, but I'm not going to count as that because this ain't something you're crossing the country. I wouldn't with. feel safe in it, but on a highway. But yeah, you can. Oh come on, drive I've it. done much worse than this. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> this is a just for fun car. The design of the Manx 2.0 closely follows the in the original's footsteps with its rugged yet voluptuous silhouette, voluptuous. ooh curves. Mm. But the newest incarnation is a bit more refined than its pre- predecessor, thanks to the enclosed rear to cool the electric motors still the manx 2.0 stays true to the monocoque chassis of the original making it light the heaviest 2.0s claim to weigh 1650 pounds it is a golf cart oh my god (laughs) okay i'll give you that on the way and it's strong on rough terrain it also features independent rear suspension and regenerative braking nice inside the manx 2.0 will have two battery options a 20 kilowatt hour battery that is claimed 150 miles of range or a 40 kilowatt hour battery with 300 miles of range while the company has yet to release power specs for the smaller of the two the bigger option since 202 horsepower let that sink in 1,600 pounds, uh-huh. 202 horsepower. Yep. You'll have some scoot. Yeah, no kidding. It's a, it's and up to 240 pound-feet of torque to the rear wheels through two motors, which should get you up to 60 miles per hour in an estimated four and a half <laughs> seconds. Oh, crap. You want to talk about dangerous? In a small little dune buggy. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. It'll probably do it anywhere, too. A, a buddy of mine, a guy I grew up with, had, one of the, had an original Manx, for his first car. You know how much dumb crap we did in that thing? Oh, that's hard to imagine, but Endless. not unimaginable. And it was gutless. It had maybe 80 horsepower. If this, if you had one of these if with a lucky. couple hundred, yeah, it's dumb crap will oh, happen. Absolutely. The motor, inverter, gear train, and brakes will be housed in a single unit. The first batch totaling just 50 buggies will ship in 2023 as part of a beta program. But once the Manx 2.0 reaches a wider audience, it will come with a suite of options like AC, that's stupid, and heat, not nearly so dumb, as well as a smart screen, that's stupid, according to Myers Manx CEO (laughs) Freeman Thomas. It's an open dune buggy. Why the hell would you stick air? Well, I can understand the heat, but that's it. Well, that way you can look like the banana splits. Oh, because didn't they have the big? Wasn't yeah. that them? Yeah, or, well, or did I'm, they have the six wheel one? No, I'm thinking of speed thing. buggy. On, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. The uh, now Myers Manx. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Remember him? <laughs> yeah. Didn't they sell the company and somebody bought the parts and stuff pretty much for a song and to keep it from completely dying? Didn't I, they buy it from Manx's widow? I have to go back and look at. No, I think I think. Bruce Meyer's still alive. Is it Bruce Meyer? I don't know. I'll have to go back and look that up. But still, the idea of the thing, it's got 202 horsepower, weighs 1,600 pounds. It's got a 300-mile range. It'll run a four and a half zero to 60. What they really, really need to do, and I'm afraid they won't, is make it affordable. Yeah. So that was going to be my question. Do we know anything about price? I haven't heard a darn thing about price. Because I want to tow this son of gun behind my van when I yeah. go out of town. Oh, God. That'll, be, that be, that'll cool. be my shoot and get her while like, we get to where we're going. The van stays and we take the buggy around. Oh, dude. Dude, that'd be awesome. I think you ought to buy a mountain bike. <laughs> I, I, got, I got one of those that don't get used. I feel like I'd use this more. <laughs> there is that. It's not electric. Uh, all right, from uh, Haggerty. Can there be too much of a good thing? We'll find out at Monterey 2022. All right, see ya.
Now the uh, the auction's long been the place to sell valuable cars. If you've ever you've been there, held a several lot. times. Yeah. This will be the first year since 2016 that I'm not going. Oh, since 1980s, it's uh, they've been doing this. The number of one million up vehicles consigned to the auctions may reach a new high this year. Uh, it's safe to say 2022 will host one of the finer assemblages of vehicles ever to be sold in one place at one time. Among some of the standouts this year will be the 1934 to 1936 Mercedes-Benz 500K mm-hmm. and the 1936 to 1939 Mercedes-Benz 540K. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mercedes built a total of 761 of these. Twelve of them will be up for grabs at Monterey. And I, don't, I don't know how many of them still exist, but it can't be tons. At least 12. It, that's almost more than my cousins can count yeah. on their fingers and toes. Uh, Greg, <laughs> sorry, guys, just kidding. I, I know you've got less than 12. That's what happens when you marry a little close. <laughs> <laughs> Family trees a stick. Uh, great cars are a perfect are a, at a perfect venue in a hot market seem like a recipe for a blockbuster auction. However, there are some caveats to consider. The first is the market itself, the latest Haggerty Price Guide update for July 2022. And thank you, Haggerty, for those. Those yes. are cool. Uh-huh. Shows appreciation is slowing. Now, behind that's a gloomy economic news, which today, if if from uh, listening to the news, driving here today, there's eh, there's been some good and some bad. The thing is, they still think, even though uh, the stock market is up, it looks like that inflation was, is going to stick around for a while. And right now, it's yeah, at well, that eight per eight to nine percent. So we'll see how that. Well, hits. if you listen to Biden, no, it was zero month over month. What a <laughs> bunch of crap! I agree with five of them. Oh mm-hmm. man, I'm sorry. I was about to get political. Sorry, no, sorry, sorry. Don't make me bring uh, some potatoes. That's okay. Pat go, back, go, back. Reroll. Go back to your ice cream. Looming behind that is a gloomy economic news. Liable to register even with those who can afford million dollar cars. So what's the biggest factor to consider? It might be the cars themselves. Are there too many? You know, people are cashing in. They're finally cashing in. And well, just, oh, my God, the, the nice cars that are going out the doors. The market has been so hot for yeah. so long. I honestly thought a year and a half ago we were going to start to see a little bit of a downturn. But, uh, you know, it, it's hanging tough. It's hanging in there. I'm guessing that it'll be six months or so. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Easy. Maybe longer. And maybe then I'll be finally be able to. I am Mercury. Six months, six years. Uh, <laughs> or a Chrysler. Uh, the, well, speaking of speaking of how that might work, those 12 Mercedes uh, 500, 540Ks, there are 12 cars, not a huge percentage of production, but they're very expensive and they don't often come to market. And usually only one or two sell at auction each year. And these are all at the same freaking auction. Yeah. All at one place. But. Maybe they'll go for the exact same well, money. They do have no. uh, significant differences from each other, like different body styles, different oh, coach okay. builders, which is one of the big things. Oh, yeah. Uh, be. Because that really customizes them, makes them almost one-offs. Yeah. Uh, some examples will appeal to one potential new owner, while a second or third example might not. And that variety mm-hmm. may bring out the bidders uh, more. If they uh, if they don't want all carbon copies of each other now, there's a risk of blockage for specific models. The size of the pie that is a collector car auctions has increased dramatically in recent years. That's true, forty two percent. Yeah, since two thousand fifteen, hmm. it should be able to absorb even a supersized Monterey so long as bidders find the quality and variety of cars compelling. Yeah, you got to be excited about it. Sure. Well, you know? and and the other Absolutely. thing uh, that the article mentioned, but the article was lengthy, so I had to cut it down. There are three or four Ferrari F40s at Monterey oh this God. year. There Dang. are a handful of Ferrari 250 uh, Tour de France cars, TDFs. Hmm. Uh, there's 
there's a lot of really, really incredible stuff, which is really setting the stage for Monterey being big this year, potentially huge. Yeah, 1960 Nash Ambassador, I think I might actually have a chance. There you go. There you go. It's got a, got a surfboard on top, too. <laughs> They got it's a, sweet. They got a Mercedes Grocer there. <laughs> consigners have a, what will also help is if consigners haven't gotten carried away with the reserve prices too, because if they're you know shooting for the moon. Oh yeah, sure. <sighs> yeah, you may well, not, you may not have it. They're talking yeah. about Monterey being record breaking big this year. Well, if uh, if the top tier cars on offer from five auction companies can sell, total sales could exceed four hundred million dollars. <laughs> that would be a record. And uh, the hot market curve could eh, persist for another year or more. And if there's less agreement about values, a repeat of 2019 is possible with total sales down by uh, nearly one-third. Now, if they uh, if they have a miss on it, it would probably cool the market because Monterey is kind of a big deal in a uh, bellwether. Well, it's one of the three, man. It's, uh, you know, they we've got Amelia, well, Scottsdale, Amelia Island, Monterey. And those tend to give you an idea where the market in general is going. I am really surprised by the number of, uh, especially from an idiot like me, similar cars that they have. But there's if the, if the market's hot enough, yeah, there's get eight snatched. or nine Mercedes, you know, fifties and early sixties Mercedes three hundred SLs, both coupes and convertibles. So, well, and there is a lot of dry storage in Dubai. those cats still have money they're okay they're just going to come in get them and hang on to them for a while yeah everybody's talking about oh gas has come down you know 40 cents or 80 cents or whatever no it's still two dollars too high it's still like 80 to 90 percent higher than it was one year ago baby well and there's a huge argument to be had there and i can argue both sides but it's going to be lengthy and we're not getting into it so screw that noise (laughs) we hate politics our special guest this week is muscle car expert and lead team TV commentator for Meekum Auctions, John Crayman. Sweet. We haven't talked to John in a while. Yeah, he's a good guy. Nice to have him back. John will be here to talk about Meekum's summer auction results, what Meekum's got in store for Monterey. Oh, God, have you seen their website? What they got in store for Monterey? Yeah, it's tingly. (laughs) And his thoughts on the new Corvette Z06. He's a Corvette fiend, and I'm sure he'll have something to say. (laughs) Uh, All that and much more is coming up next on Driven Radio. Welcome back to Driven Radio, coming to you from Driven Radio World Headquarters in beautiful Overland Park, Kansas. Our special guest this week is muscle car expert and lead TV commentator for Meekum Auctions, John Crayman. John, welcome back to Driven Radio. Hey, always a pleasure, guys. Love hanging out with you. It's been a few months since we've been able to talk. How was your summer? Uh, it's been busy, but that's in a good way. A lot of events have opened up, as we know, and attendance are, is a record high. And, of course, we've been setting record after record at our auctions as well. After a two-year absence a couple of weeks ago, we just completed our Harrisburg, Pennsylvania auction. Actually, our venue there was closed during the COVID era. Uh, we were there in 2019 with a record auction, did about $27 million in sales. 
So we come back after a two-year absence, and we set a new record at about $35 million. So wow. Collector car, collector car world is still strong. That is a nice. huge improvement. Uh, yeah. Harrisburg, I don't think we talk after Indy. Indy was real big for you. Indy, another another all-time record for that event. We celebrated, glad you asked about Indy, because actually we celebrated 35 years. That was the original Mecham auction. We called it the Spring Classic. And that's uh, that was Dana Meekham's brainchild all the way back in 1988. And in 35 years, this year's uh, tally, also a record. And as we as we head out to Monterey next week, we've got our fingers crossed that we're going to see a similar dynamic out there. Inventory completely different, by the way. So let's jump into that. Uh, I, I know from looking at the uh, site, there's big stuff coming to uh, Meekham Monterey. Can you touch on some of the highlights and tell us what what should we be watching? What should we keep our eyes on? Well, you know, we make a transition there. It's really what I would call our boutique auction, where we really sort of step out of our comfort zone. Probably the easiest way to get an initial um, sort of a capsule snapshot at it is it's the only auction where we'll have more Ferraris and Porsches than we'll have Mustangs and Camaros. And I think that in itself really sets a story. It's also the smallest auction that we do in total um, uh, car count, but at the same time, it also has the highest per car average of any Mecham auction. So it's an interesting dynamic. We know there's a lot of events going on during Monterey Historic Week with shows and concours and uh, product reveals, and of course, vintage racing, and just so many events going on all over that area. It's a world-class event, as we know. Uh, we've got um, eight hours of live television coming up on Motor Trend TV and on Motor Trend Plus. We'll sell tickets for 20 bucks in advance for folks that, at Beacom.com, for folks that want to come in and just check it out, uh, and then $30 at the gate, kids 12 and under, always free. But to answer your question directly, the inventory is almost unbelievable. Leading the charge, my personal favorite uh, is a uh, Cobra, competition Cobra, that's the only 427 comp Cobra that actually won over in Europe back in the 1960s. It really put that car on the map and uh, raced against Ferraris and believe it or not, four GTs and actually won at an event in 1966. Pretty impressive. We've got that car coming. It'll be in the millions of dollars. Still has its original aluminum body. Uh, and then the four prototype Ferraris. Have you guys seen those? Yes, I have. They're they're brilliant. Let me just give you. It's almost unbelievable. Um, the legend of the uh, of the La Ferrari, the ultimate Ferrari, and arguably the ultimate hypercar, going back now six or seven years, uh, is obviously legendary and well known. Mm-hmm. That car still really as the it sets the bar for performance and handling and technology. It's a it's a hybrid. It's got a normally aspirated V12. It's a monster. It's a multi-million dollar car. Anyway, we've got three, right, that came out of Ferrari Works. Oh, wow. We've got three of the prototype cars, a prototype one, two, and three. Somehow, I don't know why, Ferrari let those cars go. They let them out into public hands. We've got three of those. And then we've got one conventional V12 front engine car, which is a TDF prototype as well. All late model prototypes from the Ferrari factory like I said, I don't know how they let those cars out, but for the Ferrari collector that has everything, they're going to want to add these to their collection. Yeah, no kidding. So, and then the pre-war classics, can you believe we've got four Marmon 16s? Yeah. One would be a big deal. One would be a major deal. 
We've got a collection of Ford. They're the best four in the world. These cars were built between 1931 and 1933. Um, they're 16 cylinders, uh, a lot of technology with aluminum. In fact, the aluminum in the cylinder heads are even aluminum. These are really high-tech cars, rarely seen. The number one collector with the number one four cars in the world are bringing those to Monterey as well. Those are all, all seven-figure cars. And... The list of, like I mentioned, Ferraris and Lamborghinis and Maseratis, it just goes on and on and on. It is probably the most diverse and unique inventory we've ever had at Monterey, and we usually have a unique and diverse uh, variety of cars there. So yes, you do. Looking forward to it, as you can tell. So uh, among all of the fantastic lots that you're going to have there, uh, and I always hit you with this, what would you take home? What would you want in your garage? You know, not to sort of repeat myself, but I think that it, uh, is a little bit of a theme, and that is my number one favorite collector car of all time is a 427 Cobra. I've thought often about getting a uh, replica, which are obviously very common, very inexpensive, but to have a real, honest-to-goodness 427 Cobra. So uh, if you've got a spare, let's say, 5 to $7 million that you want to that you want to put to a good cause uh, that will allow me to bid with confidence on. Oh, the one ab- absolutely. Let's talk after the show. <laughs> <laughs> so I've seen a few posts. Well, Mark, did you have a question for him or? Oh, no, I was just writing down some notes on it because uh, looking at uh, the list of vehicles, there were a couple that, uh, trying you know, to f- there's a 37 cord that I would give my left leg well, for. Well, there's, there's oh. some good-looking Duesenbergs in there, too. Oh, you're oh, not boy. wrong. And then you've got, you guys have that 49 Mercury convertible from the movie Grease, and it's even, the dash is autographed by Olivia Newton-John. How, t- how very timely. Timely, yeah. Yes, who, passing. It's a, yeah, yeah the, bad, the bad guy's car. Who doesn't know that car? And I think that's cranking a flathead eight underneath there too, and I'm like, "What? This is so cool!" It is, it is, and it's really cool that that car survived. Uh, uh, you know, you mentioned the, uh, you know, the tragedy of, you know, Olivia Newton-John losing her. I mean, she is beloved by everybody, but she did sign the dashboard on it. And we know that movie cars, significant movie cars, they they can really ring the bell. And and I would I would put that car, the bad guy car, the black forty nine Merc. I'd put it at the top there of the. I would make that an A list. I mean, it's you know certainly not up with the you know with the bullet, which is an A plus list, <laughs> yeah. but a solid a solid A list car. So that one's going to be a lot of fun. Expected to bring well over five hundred thousand dollars on that one, guys. Holy cow! I can't Hot wait diggity. to see it. So I've seen you. Uh, put up more than a few posts about the new Corvette Z06. Um, I want to know, have you driven one? And do you have one ordered yet? (laughs) No and no. First of all, I'd love to drive one. haven't had the opportunity yet. And guys, I'll tell you why. Um, I ordered my 2020 seat Corvette uh, in July of 2019. Took delivery in December 2020 after a 16-month wait. And I love it. I've got about 4,500 miles on it. Zero problems. Every time I drive it, I like it more and more. And I have to tell you, my 495 horsepower version that does zero to 60 on the dashboard timer, uh, the best I've done is a a 3.0 second flat run. I did not run the uh, 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 track mode or the traction control, just kind of a raw run. And Chevy says it'll do a top speed of 194 miles per hour. And when I accelerate hard on that zero to 60 run, it literally, guys, it literally hurts my back. And I mean that in a good <laughs> wow. way. I'm not complaining. So 
to go to 670 horsepower, double the price tag, what I paid for mine. Would I love to have one? Of course. Is it calling my name? Not at this point. Okay. All right. Well, that's an honest answer. That's a good answer. Um, Ped Watt, the gentleman who did uh, some of the coloring books that Meekum has given out, he and I were having a conversation about the C8 and Chevy trying to attract Ferrari, Lamborghini, McLaren, Audi, Porsche customers, and the differences in the dealership experiences between the European exotics and Chevy dealers. How do you think Chevy could make their dealership experience compete with the more exclusive brands? Yeah, you know, that's a really good question. Um, I've got a lot of people that I know, Mecham customers, mostly people that I've met through there. And you might be surprised to hear, not so much in the Porsche world, they really do a good job of bending over backwards with their clients. Yes. But, but the Ferrari dealers in general, the Ferrari salesmen, they're fairly indifferent to their client base. Uh, almost to the point of, you know, if you want to order it, great. If not, um, you know, don't waste my time. That's sort of their attitude. The reality is all these cars are hard to get, including the C8 Corvette. And probably the biggest challenge that I think that anybody has with any of these cars, whether it be high-demand Porsches, Ferraris, Lamborghinis, C8 Corvettes, the list goes on, uh, is trying to trying to fill the demand, trying sure. to get the car you know, delivered to the people in a timely fashion. I think one benefit, the Corvette, I think the Generation 5 car, 1997, started this trend, is to have a arguably world-class performance car that can, that can compete on a lot of these same levels as the European exotics, but yet do it with a level of reliability and lower cost maintenance that the other brands can't match. And I think even into the C8, I think we're there with that. I just read a 40,000-mile long-term test. I don't know if it's car driver, road and track, who it was, and they said basically zero problems. They had replaced the brakes and the tires, and they had the AC compressor fail. They were doing track days with the air conditioner on. And they said, <laughs> you know, if that had anything to do with that, I think that probably would have contributed. But it was replaced under warranty, no problem. But zero problems in 40,000 miles and, you know, like $500 in maintenance plus the tires and brakes. Any one of the European exotics, you're not going to – you're not going to accumulate that many miles on that short period of time without thousands and thousands of dollars of maintenance. So you might get treated a little bit better across the board in some of these high-end brand dealerships, but I don't know, guys. I don't know. I mean, I'm open for, you know, some counterpoint. I don't know how vital and important that is to somebody, you know, wanting to come in and get one of these cars. Um, I, 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 yeah. I can't speak think? to it. Uh, my wife has a Porsche Cayenne, so I've been through the Porsche dealer experience. They do do a very good job, uh, but I still got two old Corvettes. I'm still driving them, and you know, small block Chevy's tough to beat. Uh, they're just they're they made a zillion of them, so they're they're generally cheap and easy to fix as long as it's not something Corvette specific. Uh, what do you think about the new hybrid Corvette, the E-Ray? Yeah, I you know, it, obviously it's a direction that we're going. Here's my prediction, and again, I want to get your guys' input on this as well. <sighs> my thought is, and I could be wrong, but my prediction is I think the E-Ray nameplate is going to be saved for the full EV, the battery-only EV. I don't think the E-Ray name is going to be adopted to the 
hybrid, which presumably is going to be a regular LT2 490 or 495 horsepower engine, depending on the exhaust system, with maybe 100 or 150 horsepower of extra hybrid power, probably driving the front wheels. Guys, I think they're going to call it a Grand Sport, and I think they'll save the E-Ray name. That's just my prediction. I have no inside information uh, on that at all. And I think they're going to save that E-Ray name for the full electric Corvette. And, of course, we're going to see the Z06 turbocharged. That'll be called the ZR1. And then, of course, the Zora, top of the line, probably $250,000 or more. I'm not exaggerating. No. We'll have that 800 or 850 horsepower ZR1 twin turbo flat plane crank monster with hybrid power that will probably be one of the world's best performing supercars regardless of price tag. That's my prediction. And then, of course, EV, a full EV, I think is going to happen. That's my prediction on the evolution of where I think the Corvette's going to go. What do I, you guys think? I'm, think? I'm thinking about which one of the kids I have to sell to get that ZR1. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look what the 19 ZR1s, look what they're doing on value. You guys been watching those? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I keep trying to find a 3LT that gets within striking uh, distance. I, I still very much want one. But, uh, you know, I, I shot the moon last year and went out and bought my 65, and I'm not ready to part with it yet. So um, there is news floating around about a possible electric Corvette sedan, and I've seen a concept drawing of a possible Corvette SUV. Do you think Chevy will spin Corvette off as its own brand and go with multiple models? You know, in this crazy world, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't discount anything. I think maybe a more likely candidate for something like something as radical as that is possibly a rebranding of the Camaro name. Oh. Uh, very much maybe like the Mustang has done with their, obviously with their Mustang EV. And again, it would sort of compete. I mean, you know, the Camaro, an EV Camaro that's not a Camaro would compete with what Ford already has. And that's a pretty successful platform so far, the EV Mustang, sharing nothing with the gas car, of course. So I don't know, guys. I I don't know. Um, Corvette is a pretty significant nameplate. Um, It's certainly going to evolve as we go into the future. And, you know, just like you guys, I've got my, my... ear to the ground waiting to pick up any rumblings of what I see happening and other than some artist con- artist conceptions and some r- rumors flying around nothing nothing concrete yet but like I say in this crazy world I wouldn't discount anything nothing I I, I agree uh, <laughs> time will tell uh, but I like the prospect of having five different kinds of Corvettes all in different performance leagues and I don't care if they ever do a sedan or an SUV. Uh, go do that elsewhere. That's fine. Uh, we've been speaking with muscle car expert and lead TV commentator for Meekum Auctions, Mr. John Craman. You can find all the social media links for John and Meekum Auctions on readthedriven.com. John, as always, thank you for taking the time. We really appreciate you being with us. Man, always my pleasure. Really appreciate the interest, and let's go Monterey. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, and let's have a let's have a word after Monterey. That's a deal. Fantastic. Thank you, John. Thank you so much for spending time with Driven Radio. We love what we do, and we wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our listeners. And that's absolutely true. We wouldn't be able to do this if we didn't have you guys backing us up. Amen. 
You can find us online at DrivenRadioShow.com and ReadTheDriven.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show. And listen everywhere fine podcasts are heard. I am Brett Hatfield for Corey Pratt. Yep. And Mark Groves. No! Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time here on Driven Radio. Thank you.